This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. extravagant promises we think not this is a podcast about reckoning recovery and redemption we share our experience our strength and our hope tonight is episode number 41 amazing grace before I jump into tonight's episode I wanted to go over The usual housekeeping items, number one, this is not an AA meeting, nor is it an official approved meeting. It is merely an act of service, something that I think I have contemplated benefiting from myself if I were out there, you know, alone on the road in an airport somewhere, and all you can hear is a tinkling of glasses and ice and bars, and you just need you just need a meeting or you need something, um, maybe this can be a compliment to your program. But I don't want it to be your only program. Um, it's it's just a, a supplement. Number two, I'm not a mental health professional. Nothing I say should be taken as gospel in terms of the world of science or medicine or or anything, frankly. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, another traveler on the road trying to serve my fellow journeyman and journeywoman. Number three, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. So please um, preserve mine. I, I, I don't do a great job of being super secret or anything like that, but this is a completely commercial-free, charitable act on my part. So, um, you know, please don't dox me. Please don't out me. Um, I promise you, if you communicate with me, I will protect your anonymity. Um and please feel free to comment. Tell me what works. Tell me what doesn't work. Make suggestions. Gregory B, letter B, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-B, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com is my email. Or on the Instagrammers, um, at extravagantpromisespodcast. Feel free to DM me or leave a comment on my page, whatever. Um, fourth, this is an act of service, act of charity, act of giving I will not now or ever accept donations, contributions, advertising. I will not solicit them. Um, this is a commercial free endeavor designed strictly for me to give back to other friends of Bill W. and anyone else who is sick and suffering inside and outside the rooms. So with that said, let's turn to tonight's episode, which is Amazing Grace. Now, easily, clearly... Being in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays, you can imagine that um, a lot of deep meaning goes into almost everything we do, commercial, uh, spiritual, transactional, relationship, everything. And um, it can be a very lonely time for us, but um, today is a special day for me as well. It's December 9th. Today is my daughter's, my eldest daughter's birthday, and, um, you know, I, I, it was a long time ago, um, and it was interesting because when she was 
it was just interesting to look back on my life and how old I was, how young I was, how important she was and is to my life and how, um, you know, things were so different then. It was just on an upward trajectory in so many ways. And, um, and, and I've been blessed, you know, that's life. You know, you can't just, you're, you're, you're not going to just come continue, you know, the space shuttle's not going to just continue to just blast off and keep going and never come back, you know, and, um, I've had a lot of ups and downs since then. I've had more ups than downs, thank God. And sobriety has been, you know, I've been sober for, um, you know, almost 20% of her life, which doesn't sound like a lot. Um, but maybe it sounds like a ton, you know, I was sober for her entire high school career and now I'm her entire college career thus far as well. And, um, it's, it's, it's something that has given me, um, so much being my sobriety, but also being a father. And, um, this is an incredible passage from the book touchstones, which is a, um, a book of daily meditations for men published by Hazelden, but I think it goes to everybody, honestly. And let me read it. So December 9, that it will never come again is what makes life so sweet. Emily Dickinson. I mean, think about that. Like, you know, we, we think about, oh, you know, the one thing you can never get back is time. It's the most valuable thing on earth is time. And we squander it. I squander it, excuse me. Um, I squandered it. And, you know, you think about the wealthiest person on earth is not the person with the most money. It's not the person with the fastest, uh, hundred meters, you know, it's the, it's the person with the most time, um, and what you do with it, how you serve and fill, fill that unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run in terms of wholeheartedness and love and charity and courtesy to your fellow man and woman. And, um, and I just think it's so poignant because I think, you know, I'll never, my daughter will never be born in the physical sense again. I'll never have a first daughter again. You know, I'll never have a first child again. Um, she'll never, I'll never, you know, that moment when you're so scared and you're just dying of fear and anxiety as a man and what are you going to do? Is mom going to be okay And this? Is she going to be okay? And am I going to live up to all the standards of fatherhood? Am I going to provide? Am I going to be a fuck up? What, what, you know, and, um, and then this thing is put in your hands and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world. And you know, at that moment, there's something bigger than me. You know, there's something that I love more than myself. Not, not in a, like, I'm saying it and I'm just, you know, bullshit Hallmark card kind of, you know, Pinterest freaking post. No, it's, it's, it's that, you know, as a man inside your heart without question, you know, they, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you meet guys who are veterans and stuff and, you know, people who've won the Medal of Honor. I've had men, you know, Navy Cross, this kind of thing, guys who I've, I've met and, I've, you know, I'm always like, I don't know if I have it in me. I mean, that's the whole thing about when you get into a fight or you get, you know, as a man, you're always wondering, will I have the sand in the basement? You know, will I have what it takes when that goes down? And, um, 
and, and, you know, I think that's why a lot of men especially get into situations they probably shouldn't is because they, they want, they want to test themselves and see, they want to answer that question, you know, and the, and the thing that's so cool is like when God gives you that child, you're, I mean, if you're like me, that question was answered. You just know, you just know inside I would, I would, I would lay down my life for this child without question. I would, I would, it wouldn't be a thought. It wouldn't be a, could I, should I, can I get away with it? It it would just be like jump in front of the bus, you know, give, give my organ, do whatever, take me, not her, you know? And, and, and you just know that. And I knew it the moment I looked in those eyes and I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's so sweet because it will never come again like that. Life seems to be a continuous pattern of getting committed to things and having to let go. Falling in love and losing the one we love. Developing a job skill and having to change careers. Caring for our children and letting them go off into the world. This is the rhythm of life. And our spiritual growth teaches us to make peace with it. Participating fully in the rhythm is how we become whole men. As addicts and codependents, we used our gambling, overspending, drugs, sex, work, or caretaking of others to avoid the pain of making deeper relationships and to avoid the grief over losing them. Ooh, boy, this one really speaks to me. I don't know about you, but that is that is me right there. Addicts and codependents, gambling, overspending. I mean, yeah, but drugs, sex, work, 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 caretaking of others. I mean, it was like, I just always felt like everybody in the family, not just my immediate family, my children, my wife, it was, it was, you know, everyone who worked for me, everybody, you know, my, the, the woman who I consider to be my mother, who, who had Alzheimer's at this time, you know, um, yeah, I mean, God, it was just, you know, um, my parents and their dysfunction and their abusive ways. And they were like, just everybody on my shoulders. And I felt like, I can just deal, you know, I'm going to just grab it and get it and get after it. And I never just sat back and was like, Hey, how about just enjoying what like what God's given you here? I never enjoyed a single moment of it. You know, I love my daughter so much and I would do anything for her. And I just wanted her to have everything and know that, you know, I just wanted her to be perfect and I wanted her to have the perfect life and that I would, I would, I wouldn't bubble wrap her. No, I, I just, I wanted to just I wanted to curate a perfect life for her so that I could, so she could avoid the pain that I had had. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's not, that doesn't make me a bad freaking person or a bad father. It just makes me a human being who, 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 you know, I just, you know, avoiding commitments and staying uninvolved may keep us safe from risks. I mean, how many vacations did I not go on with my family because I wanted to take care of them? You know, what they wanted was me with them. They want dad skiing down the slope with them, not on a conference call, taking care of them, yelling at, you know, subordinates or opposing lawyers or some bullshit like that. They also keep us near our dangerous old patterns. Our program works when we can freely let ourselves go. Let go. First, we commit to our recovery program with no reservations. Okay, check. Then, in our increasing sanity, we gradually let ourselves go in other attachments. Check. We know we face losses as part of life. 
we will have the strength to grieve them and move on. So, you know, I call this episode Amazing Grace because I just think about the amazing grace in my life and those moments when, um, you know, I've talked about it, like where I was like, there's something deeper going on here. Clearly, when you have kids or when I had kids, you know, um, I realized that like there was definitely something bigger going on. And it was that knowledge, that, that, that sight of like, I've never looked at my child you know, I made, I made promises to them and to me. Like, number one, I would never hit you. Number one, I would never turn you away. I don't care what you did. You could, you could be a, a serial killer. I would still have a plaque on the floor in my heart that said home, and that was safe, and you could always be there, and I would do whatever I could to protect you. Um, you know, take issue with it as you will. People would bust my ass about that well what if they you know are a drug addict what if they kill somebody you know how about go fuck yourself you know like I'm, I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to give my kids something that I didn't have which is security and sanity now I, I realize I fucked that up in some ways too in my own way you know by working so hard you take yourself away from them but you know I was just trying to do the best I could I was trying to do right I was trying to do better and when I knew better do better you know, do my best. What is it, Maya Angelou? Do your best, and when you know better, do better. You know, um, I just, you know, I said I'll never hit you. I've never, you know, it's almost 20 years now, I've never struck a child. And I know, some, again, some people may be like, well, whoop-de-doo, you know, you're not supposed to, yeah, okay, well, there are a lot of people who think that's okay, and I can tell you, I got the shit kicked out of me as a kid, so, um, you know, I never would lay a hand on my children and I never would turn my back on them. Um, I was always here trying my best to do what I thought was right for them. And, 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 you know, ultimately I realized that when God, God helped me was that being sober was, was one of those things. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. But we all know that sobriety is the biggest gift that you give to your family, to your kids, to the people who love you. And, um, you know, having that security blanket there, they know dad's not fucked up. Dad's not doing whatever. When everybody else is going to see it around them, they can be like, all right, dad, come on, dad. Put the cape back on, fly over and take care of some shit. And it's cool. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of that. I mean, my daughter is such an amazing, proud, strong, well-adjusted young woman. And her sister's same, you know. And, um, you know, I'll never, I'll never have that moment again, you know, that, that first child. But, but God has come into my life in other ways, you know, and, and it's like the program, you know, that through these holidays, you know, I really, I just think, what can I do to keep that grace in my life? Is it enough to just be sober? Is it enough to go to meetings? Is it enough to be like, I was a good dad? No. I kind of feel like, you know, it's like cataracts, you know, like if you don't serve, if I don't serve my fellow man, if I don't do something of use, 
then I'm going to relapse, you know, I'm going to, or I'm going to lapse because I've, I haven't relapsed. I, 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 I will lapse. I will, I will go out. I will drink. I will use, I will whatever. And I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to serve, you know, I'm going to let my mess be my message. I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate my life, my soul, my whole being to God of, and, and, and my higher power. You know, I just surrendered to my higher power. I said, Hey, you know, I, I got nothing left. Interestingly, it was on father's day, you know, when I said I got nothing left and, um, I wrote a letter to God. It, it involved my daughters and, and just saying, like, please, I've squandered everything. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so unhappy. I've had every, I mean, I've, I, I mean I've, I, I'm not a pharaoh. I'm not a freaking hedge funder or whatever. But gosh, almighty, I've had a great life. What's wrong with me? Why do I want to die so badly? And um, I said, please help me. And God sent me. As, like I said, I, I asked for an angel. God sent me a program of angels. And I'd like to say that, you know, the archangels or the my, angels came in and boy, things just turned around right away and it just got a lot stronger right off the bat. I mean, they did get better immediately. I, I self-arrested. I'm, I'm Well, God arrested my fall. I'm sliding down that that crevasse, you know, the ropes are broken, the Gatling gun is jammed, you know, the colonel is dead, you know, the river runs thick with blood, you're sliding, you're going down, and it was like, so, you know, something stopped me, and it was the program, you know, it was a, a friend just saying, I'm worried about your drinking, and, you know, it was like, okay, at the top of this long ice face, at the top of this, at the end of this long desert with enemies all around and scorpions and snakes or whatever, there's, there's my daughter's face. There's God. There's, there's salvation. I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I got to do this. I got to do this. I can do this. We can do this. God, you got me. And the song came on. I once was blind. And now I see. 19 years ago. 19 years ago. I thought I was, I mean, I was so afraid. But I thought I had it. I had the wolf by the ears, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was, I didn't want to let go, but I didn't want to be holding a wolf by the ears. But it's like, I'm, I am going for it. And a lot of very, very amazing things happened to me in that weekend when my daughter was born. But they were the kind of things like, you know, young, aggressive, you're going places, you're somebody to be reckoned with, you know, and yeah. 13 years later, it's starting to fall. You know, it's actually 12 years later is when the crevasse, when the, when the avalanche started and all of a sudden you're sliding and it took, th it took three years of sliding into that crevasse. And then 
bang, rock bottom, or the arrest, or whatever you want to call it. You're hanging on the ledge, you know, deep into that. What do they call it thing on Mount Everest? It's called like the Berkshund or Berkshund. I don't even know what the word is, or I don't even know what language it is. All I know is it's supposedly the bottomless pit that you do not want to fall in. Um, and I was down in that thing. And, you know, it's like, do I cut the rope and fall? Do I just grab a hold of the next little piece and get and move, climb one foot at a time, one inch at a time. Yeah, that's what I did. That's what God did for me. Didn't just go, boom, I'm up on top of the mountain. Boom, you're down at base camp. No, it was like God arrested my fall and said, okay, we're going to climb. Here's how you're going to climb. One day at a time, one hour at a time. You're just going to fuck everything else and just be sober. That's how we're going to talk. We're going to talk through the big book. We're going to talk through the rooms. We're going to talk at meetings and 12 steps and 12 traditions. And we're going to talk through your sponsor. That's how we're going to talk. That's how I'm going to communicate with you. You know, and then I've, I've shared on this is that then that night when I was like, I don't, I can't hear you anymore. And I'm just so afraid and I want to let you just let go. And God said, why? In my car, I felt this presence. I felt a light, kind of like, not a blinding light like Bill W. says in the hospital room, but more just this presence. It was like it was on the radio or something. It was in my ears, and it was a voice that said, why are you going to kick me out now? Why are you going to kick me out now? We have walked this path. You're only, you're only beginning you have, you have a battle, but I am with you. I am with you. Don't kick me out now. Why would you? It, it wasn't like don't do it. It was like, why would you do it? Why are you going to kick me out of the cockpit now? You're not done yet. That's another thing it said. You're not done yet. Your, your story, this is not the words. It, it didn't say your story has not been written, but that was what I interpreted. Like, you're not finished yet. You're on the canvas. They're, get, they're getting close to the 10 count, but you've got fight left in you. Get up off the canvas. I didn't know when my daughter was born all those years ago that one day I would be on the canvas. It's easy to say, I'll do anything for you when you got everything to give and you got it all, but it's different when you're down on the canvas. Your face is, I mean, I know I'm mixing my metaphors, y'all, but just let me run with this. You know, it's like your face is against that grainy, coarse canvas, and there's just this beast wants to whip your ass, and they're like, get up and take some more. Get up and get a little more of this. You know, you want some more of me? And it's like your left eye is closed. Your jaw feels broken. Your hands are swollen. One more punch and it may be in the grave. And you look over and you see those faces. You see that. You see the, the higher, your higher power in those faces that say, get up. Get to your knees. Your gloves are on the canvas. Get to your knees. Take a knee, now another knee, now get up, now get up. 
whatever it is, get a hold of the stick, get a hold of your glove, you know, nod to the referee, hands up, chin down, let's fight. That's what happened to me. I'm so glad I get to celebrate today sober. I can't wait to live the rest of my daughter's life sober, hopefully the rest of my life with her in it sober. I hope for that. I pray for that every day. I know what it's going to work. I know I, I can't talk about tomorrow, but I can tell you that today I'm not going to drink. Today is a holiday. Today is courtesy. Today is charity. Today is Christian spiritual charity. And whatever religion you follow, that's just mine. Don't, don't take anything more or less about it. You know, courtesy, civility, empathy, kindness. That's what was in those eyes all those years ago. You want this? Do what we do, you know. My, those, those, they were blue. She's got dark brown eyes like me, but it was like they they were blue. I don't know if that's like something that kids, they come out with different color eyes and hair and all that stuff. But like her eyes were like a deep, deep, royalish navy blue. It's the weirdest damn thing I've ever seen, but they, they you know, they were so beautiful. The program is so beautiful. This is a little more intense than I thought it was going to be when I started out today. But I'm glad to be putting some content up here and, you know. Um, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, give me the inner liberty today to go, to let go of myself and care. And God, if it be your will, please look after my daughter on her birthday. Please look after everyone's daughters and sons on their birthdays today. Know that they are loved, that their parents, you know, that everyone came from a mother. Maybe father was there, maybe he wasn't, but that they know that at least for that moment, they were the most beautiful thing that their parent had ever seen and ever known. And you were at one time, too. We all were. Amen.